Let's get this W on three. One, two, three. to the W Podcast, hosted by Princess and Love. What's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to episode 17 of the W Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode with us. My name is Lo, and I am one half of your co-host team, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Princess Streeter. Hi, Princess. You hello. What's up, girl? Nothing, nothing. So this episode is a special episode that we put together for you guys because me and Princess had the opportunity to attend the WNBA draft together and it was a lot of fun. We had so we made so many memories. We talked to so many great people, got to meet a lot of great people. So we definitely want to kind of go over everything and share some of the awesome conversations that we had with um, some of the draftees, the ladies who got drafted, as well as current players, and a legend or two who uh, also gave us their time to speak to us. So um, first of all, Princess and I had a mini slumber party. <laughs> she came up from DC and stayed in my house. And even though she only stayed overnight, but it was way too much fun, especially when we got back. And let's just say Princess is hella funny when she's dead tired. So <laughs> we were up way past, way past our bedtime, cracking jokes, talking about the whole night and everything. So let's just, before we get into the interviews, um, because there's a lot that we have to share, what was your overall take of the WNBA draft? Because it was your first time attending. So what was it like? Did it meet your expectations? What were you expecting? Talk to us. It was definitely... Amazing. I made a whole lot of memories. Um, like you said, we met we met some really cool people. Um, and even reconnected with some really cool people. It was definitely, you know, I didn't go to last year's and I heard there was a lot of criticism about like the structure of the stage, the um the structure of the draft in general. And I definitely can say that I don't have any complaints about how everything was structured. I mean, as media, we had a lot of free reign to talk to players, to um, talk to the draft prospects. And it was just great to be able to really, you know, get our hands dirty and get some good interviews and some quality, some quality sound to bring back to you all, our listeners. Um, But I loved it. Like, I was dead tired. We both were dead tired by the end of the night. But it was (laughs) definitely worth it. It was worth it. It was. um, I went to the draft. This is my third draft covering. So I was there um, last year when they were at Samsung and I felt like with Samsung, I got what they were trying to do, but I feel like the space didn't allow them the opportunity to make it what it was. And I think this year they were able to do what I feel like they were trying to achieve last year. So that it was held at um, Nike headquarters in Midtown Manhattan, a beautiful, beautiful building. Um, It's three floors. So the, we were on the third floor. It was four, maybe more. Actually, well, the building's actually more than three floors. The building is like a bunch of floors, but I think we had only like three, two, two or three dedicated to the draft itself. 
So um, the, I guess the court, which is where, you know, if you come to the building, it's probably one of the main attractions in the building. They turned that into the space that you all saw on TV um, where they had the podium and, you know, where the actual event was taking place, where the tables were set and everything like that. Um, it was great. Like Princess said, everyone looked amazing. It was such a really great vibe in there. Like, I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just walked out of there having a really good feeling, not just about the ladies who got drafted and what they're going to bring to the season, but just overall, I felt like this draft was just a really good look for the league in general. Um, and I'm really excited to see what happens this season with the league's just continued growth and exposure and everything like that. And having, oh yeah, this is also the first partnership, the first year of the partnership that they have with Nike. Mm-hmm. So Adidas used to be their uh, sponsor when it comes to their uniforms and now they're part of the Nike family. So all um, across the building, you saw a uh, little merch, like new types of merch that they're debuting, like the dad hats. I don't know if the formal name is, but I call it a dad hat. <laughs> With like the team logos on it, we got to see the jerseys up and up close and personal. Um, the players held it up as I think it was another part of the building that they had it too. So, and uh, media got to have a little bit of a souvenir, courtesy of Nike, that we are excited to wear. So, um, yeah, it was really it was really dope. It was really cool, and I don't know which one was my favorite memory um, so far. The only thing I will say is that I'm never wearing heels to cover the draft again. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be cute, guys. I was trying to be quote-unquote professional and look the part. And then Princess came here with a jumpsuit and a blazer. So I said, let me put on some boots. And like, let me look like, you know, like something. And it was cute for like the first hour well actually no not even when i walked into the building and i saw that grand state case going upstairs i was like elevator please yeah <laughs> exactly i was like oh this is not gonna be good so but i'm good now so which interview do we want to start with first because like i said we have a ton to share i think it's only right that we start with the number one pick of this year's WNBA draft straight out of south carolina the university of south carolina which as you know, so many people mentioned all that night, she won pretty much every single top player honor that women's college basketball, ESPN, AP, you know, that was offered the Naismith Award. You know, she dominated in that fashion to be a supremely awesome college basketball player. We're talking about none other than Aja Wilson, who was um, drafted to the Las Vegas Aces. It was her first ever draft pick, which is super exciting um, just to see the league grow and have that new team. I mean, I, you're going to see firsthand this year, but I'm so excited to see like how their arena is going to look, how you know their continued marketing and merchandise is going to look because you know you have something new. It's just like super. You all eyes are on that. So Aces had the first pick, um, and we're talking about none other than Asia Wilson. With those coaches. That's, that's, your, that's what you use the whole recruiting process. You use relationships, talking to coaches. 
the WNBA, you're not really sure where you're going, so you can't really form a relationship with the coach. But hey, uh, um, I talked to Coach Bill for a little split second, and he, he's a great guy, and I'm excited to play for him. What about kind of like the media people all around it? Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty decent. Nothing's really changed, honestly. I, I feel the same way that I did in college and high school. I'm taking it all in, in. I'm being true to myself. Uh, I like having fun, and I, I know my teammates love having fun. I'm just going to find that bet to help me get on, get on my two feet and keep going. I'm, I, my biggest thing with the next level is really just becoming a sponge, uh, taking it all in. This We're in a league with incredible young women that know the game, that basketball IQ is out of this world. So I'm just going to just soak it all in. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I love the fact that people are really coming together for women's basketball. Uh, it's one of the sports that are really look overlooked. They're always like, hey, you know, get in the kitchen, stuff like that. So for us to build a, uh, a, over a, just a team and building a fan base, I'm excited because, you know, a lot of people probably don't know who I am in Las Vegas. I'm on the East Coast, and so to branch out and go to the West Coast, I'm super, super excited. Is that why you had your classic Vegas line? Were you thinking yeah. that? Yeah, so you're not going to know what goes down in Sin City until you get there and watch the Aces play. And I'm not saying anything about the game until you watch us play. <laughs> One thing that I read about recently was that um, you're the personality that the WNBA needs to kind of push the league oh, wow. a little bit forward. We do have a big personality. I've seen it already all night. So how do you feel about that? And what kind of, I guess, personality or traits do you think that you're going to bring to not just on the court, but off the court, branding, all that good stuff? Um, I, I don't know. I hope I can just be true to me. Uh, I, I think it's probably a lot of people talk about my smile. I don't know why I got brackets in my mouth. I got a metal mouth. But I just love the smile. I love I love to joke around and just laugh. I, of course, I know the switch. Of course, when I'm between the lines, it's a whole different story. But I just really like to have fun with the game of basketball because it's it's helped me out a lot. It's helped me grow as a person. And I just use that. And I use my platform. I use my platform to really reach out and touch young girls and know, you know, they can get the job done. Just have fun with it. Enjoy it. This is something that we all love, and I hopefully I can make somebody smile while I'm on the court or off the court. That's that's what I, that's my main goal. AJ, I know you've probably gotten asked this question a million times, but Bill Lambeer, he's been in a lot of places, had a lot of success. From what you've seen from him with the Liberty or the Shock and what he's doing now in Las Vegas, what about him excites you about joining this team, about what he, you're going to you're gonna have to bring to this team? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the thoughts about playing for yeah. Bill Lambeer now. Yeah. His, uh, his toughness and his, and his honesty. I think those are two great things and great great characteristics of a great coach. I think that's how coach, coach Daly is. And uh, I'm super excited. I know he's not going to beat around the bush, sugarcoat anything, and that's the type of player that I am. I like things straightforward, and I'm super excited to play underneath them. I know he's going to help my game grow, and I'm so excited. <laughs> Asia, uh, a lot's been made of the loyalty you showed by staying home in South Carolina. How do you think that that loyalty that you had there will translate to you being in Las Vegas? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I, I, I don't know. I think this is completely different. I think this is a whole other ball of wax that I'm entering. And uh, like so, like you said, you know, creating another fan base, a different fan base at that. Yes, Game Con Nation is going to always be with me, and I love them forever. But now it's kind of time to kind of branch out and show people, you know, women's basketball is a real deal. We get down, and it's a lot of fun. But you really won't know until you get to Las Vegas, and I can't tell you that because it's safe for me. <laughs> no, that's real. Just following up on that. You're in a generation that has grown up with the WNBA, with women's basketball, on a higher platform than it has been before, yeah. even though they need to do more for you. Like, how proud are you to are you to be in this space where you were able to grow up in that yeah. and fulfill your dream like this? I'm super excited because, you know, the women empowerment movement is really working around this time, and society is really helping us. Uh, male athletes are really reaching up and stepping out, and I'm so glad that this is around this time because that just kind of makes 
young girls like us in this class to just kind of grow and move on with it. But definitely a lot of fun, and I'm going to take it all in and hopefully use my platform to increase the, the respect for women. <laughs> and a quick question, what was it like to have your store roar? Oh, it was amazing to have my store up there. <laughs> You guys just heard from Asia Wilson. Oh my gosh, she sounds so excited. I think the funniest part, we were at the draft and Holly asked her, new Las Vegas Aces fans are waiting for you to get there. What's one thing you have to say to them? And she looks at the camera like this super sultry, funny look. And she's like, what happens in Sin City stays in Sin City. And I think like the personality everyone talks about and how she's like, just a very outgoing, very funny person. Um, I know she made her parents proud. They like they were, their eyes were welling up with tears the entire time. And it was awesome. Yeah, I was really excited to see her in person. And um, it was funny because going into this conversation I had, me and you had actually right before uh, the, when we were heading to the draft. And I have just read an article earlier that day when I was talking about Asia and it said she's the personality that'll push the WNBA forward. And at, when I read it, I kind of felt some type of way because I felt like it was kind of like, well, what about the other ladies in the league who have amazing personalities who are funny, witty, smart, whatever, but may not, you know, you're not necessarily looking for them or checking for them. Well, you know, not to say that Asia wouldn't contribute to that. Um, but after meeting her, interviewing her, and just seeing how, I think she's hilarious. So just seeing how hilarious she is, she's so good with the camera, so good with media, so comfortable with media, very confident and all that. I see why the author wrote that. And I said, okay. And she's in the right city, honestly. I, I think she's in the perfect market because it's a new market. It's like you can't really get any bigger than Vegas as far as like entertainment <laughs> outside of New York and L.A. You know what I'm saying? So like it's perfect for, for her. So I'm excited to see her and I will get the chance to see her. I'm so excited. I just got to find a hotel. That's all. <laughs> Real Day Weekend. Love will be in Las Vegas at the Aces game. Living it up without me, but it's okay. I will be tweeting her, Instagramming her, FaceTiming her. Trust me. She'll be there. It'll be awesome. But moving on, we're also caught up with Asia's um, head coach, the University of South Carolina at the draft. None other than Dawn Staley. Um, you know, she's been in the WNBA. She's played for the Olympic uh, USA women's team. Want to go medal. She actually coaches that team now as well. Um, team USA basketball. So I caught up with her, asked her a couple questions about, you know, Asia's impact on that program and how she sees them moving forward, even without Asia's imprint on the University of South Carolina. So from your time entering the WNBA to now, all the players that you've coached, all the people that you've met, how have you been, a how have you been able to mentor these women as they step into the next chapter, specifically Asia? Um, I mean, I think Asia's pretty easy. I think she understood what she wanted to accomplish on a collegiate level. Um, we just guided her, you know. She's always she's a great talent. She's a she's charismatic. I mean, she had the package. She just needed experience, and she needed she needed to do it in front of a big crowd um, and a big audience because she learned to grow and navigate through uh, being, you know, one of the greatest. And I, uh, I I'll miss her, but I surely want her to um, spread her wings and fly and give uh, the rest of the country what uh, what we all have gotten over the past four years. And I can definitely tell that you guys have built a close relationship together as well as building up the program into the dynasty that it is. I mean, how do you see her progressing? And then, like, what does it mean for you and your program taking the steps forward even without her? 
Um, it, it means she leaves a, a leadership of legacy, not only on the court but off the court. Um, she left us in a great place from a mental standpoint. I think she knows she knows um, her legacy will live on, and our players know that they can achieve, you know, the type of success that she has because she led the way. And you just heard from South Carolina head coach Don Staley, and I absolutely love what she said about Asia because I think it's so accurate. Um, when she talked about the legacy that she left um, their team with and the program as well and how she just created a legacy of leadership. And I definitely think it's going to translate in the uh, WNBA, obviously because of the set of leadership and personality and drive and all these great attributes that she has that I'm sure she was cultivated even more by Coach Staley. That's why South Carolina won the championship, you know, just the other year. So I'm sure it's going to translate to the WNBA and she's going to bring that under Coach Lambier. So I'm really excited to see her flourish and start her new journey and start a new legacy in the pro space. Mm-hmm. I think what's really big about the University of South Carolina that I love is how Columbia has really rallied around that team. Like everyone talks about when you go down there to their field house, how it's like a, a crowd of over 10,000 women's basketball fans and they're actively engaged in the game every single play, you know, and they really just have built a fan base, you know, that, you know, her and Dawn and, you know, Alicia Gray when she was there, Kayla Davis when she was there, they just helped mold. And I think that's so important for women's basketball, like just that fan base that's ready to ride or die. But it's also important that they say, take that same support to the pro level as well. You know, it's a funny story. A few years ago, maybe like five years ago. And I wasn't really watching co- women's college basketball at the time. But I went to South Carolina with my homegirl. I don't know why we went to South Carolina. We just was like, yo, let's just go to South Carolina. I really don't know why. But the tickets were like $70 one way. So we're like, let's go. And we were riding around Columbia. And we went on South Carolina's campus. Just chilling. Like, I don't know why. I didn't realize that where I was. <laughs> and we went to like the store that sells like the school merch and stuff. And we bought like sweatshirts and t-shirts and different things like that. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it was like the weirdest feeling because there was at the time, this is before like, you know, a lot of the protests and things that you've seen, but there was Confederate flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. So me being a northerner that I am, I was like, mm pause like literally I, we might can we go back to north carolina please because i don't i don't i don't do this so. i'm not a confederate flags trust me <laughs> but it was a beautiful campus though from what i remember it was absolutely stunning awesome well the player drafted number two in this year's WNBA draft was by far my favorite interview and it's not even that she was very like super loquacious or anything but kelsey mitchell just has an like aura and demeanor of just like Mm-hmm. like peace like you can tell you can tell she left everything out on the court you know she didn't go out with the championship but she really put forth her best and she was just smiling from ear to ear so when you know you were pushing me to talk to her because I don't know if y'all know but I'm like super shy so Lo was like yeah talk to her interview her yeah do that so she kind of like gave me my kick in the butt to move forward but when I was getting ready to talk to Kelsey it was just like an attraction I was like this seems to be very just like cool like very good very cool and so I asked her about of course last episode we had Stephanie Mavanga on and I asked her about playing with Kelsey Mitchell um brought that up and here's what she had to say 
I'm here with Kelsey Mitchell, the standout at Ohio State, who is ready to move on to the next level. How are you feeling tonight? I mean, you're taking it all in. I've heard that since yesterday you've been getting, you know, a lot of good information from the players and veterans. How are you soaking it all in and just excited about tonight? Well, I've just been learning, honestly, uh, taking everything one day at a time, an hour at a time. We've been really busy. So for me, it's just been taking in all the information, um, vibing with it, and just kind of having fun because, I mean, it's only happened once. Right. So... Last episode of our podcast, we actually had your teammate, Stephanie Mavongo, on. Really? Yes, and we asked her about your leadership style. She said you're not the most vocal leader all the time, but you definitely do it with your attitude, your tenacity to be in the gym, and then just to show everybody that you're willing to work hard. How are you going to translate that at the next level? Uh, hopefully, not, I mean, I don't want that to ever change. Um, God forbid that changes. That's going to be on me if that do change. Um, that alone helps bring a lot to a team. Um, that's all you can ask for when you try to talk about being on a team, and being, especially at the pro level. So um, I'm going to take that and utilize it as best as possible. And mom and dad are here, family's here to celebrate. And with all the records that you broke this year, as well as your you know, performance has been throughout your entire career, how do you stay humble and just grounded through it? I can tell even through your demeanor and your interviews. How do you just keep that same level of grounding and faith just to keep you know, pushing through to your success? Uh, it's a lot of people that don't get a chance to be where I'm at. And um, having a big head about it or being too bougie or arrogant about it, that, that just won't help. That, that's going to add fuel to the fire. And the one minute you up, the next minute you down. So I always going to stay middle. I'm not trying to be either. And if I am, I want to be able to get back up. So you guys just heard from our conversation with Kelsey Mitchell. Um, I think what's really important is how active her family, specifically her parents, have been throughout her process. I remember about two years ago, people were thinking that Kelsey was going to leave early and declare for the WNBA draft. And her dad went on Twitter and was like, no, she will be getting her degree from the, the Ohio State University. Um, and everybody was like, well, okay, Papa Mitchell, you know, but I think it's really important to show how her family has been so involved with her career um, step by step by step. And I think her and Stephanie in Indiana are going to be an amazing pair. Absolutely. I can't wait. And another person I can't wait to see uh, play is number three pick, Diamond the Shields out of Tennessee. And this interview, I think, was like really, really dope. So Princess actually kind of coordinated this interview prior to us getting to the draft. So when we got there, all I know is that Princess disappears with the Diamond, and I don't see Princess for like an hour and a half. I have no idea what's going on. I didn't know she left. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was happening. They were in another floor. I just saw her get in the elevator with like the entourage. And I was just like, bye. <laughs> like, see you later. And come to find out she did like this um, exclusive, like real intimate one-on-one -on -one interview. And she also got to be there to witness her speak to the coaches over in Chicago. So Princess got a lot of really, really good uh, behind the scenes kind of stuff with Diamond, which I think is really special. So. I hope you guys enjoy and take a listen to Diamond and Princess's chat. You just got off the phone with Coach Stocks, and it's clear to see that you guys have a very close relationship. You already have, um, you know, a bond that you've established. Talk a little bit about how that blossomed with her. Well, I think it, it all started when when she came to see me play out in Turkey. Uh, the owner of my team kind of told me, like, Chicago coach is coming here. I'm like, really? Like, she's coming all the way out here to see me. Um, and after that, we went out to dinner, and we just had, like, a really deep, meaningful conversation. Like, 
We talked about basketball probably like 10% of the conversation. And after that, we just were just throwing ideas off each other, talking about life and like just different things that inspire us and things that we thought were important. So it was just, after that, we kind of just, we hit it off right away. I want to go back to how I met you. You were, of course, a talented basketball player at UNC, but I kind of remember you as the skinny kid who's riding a bike around South <laughs> Campus. So looking back to that time when you were living in Rams 1 and you had your whole future ahead of you, you still do, of course, but just looking back at that time, how much have you grown from your time in Chapel Hill? I mean, I love my bike, dude. You remember that bike? That was like, <laughs> that was like my best friend because campus was so big. Yes. Oh, my goodness. But... I've grown a lot since then. Like at that, you know, I was I was very confident at that point in my life, but in an arrogant kind of way. Like I was kind of just like naive to the things in life that could humble you. Like I thought I was immune to those things. And now like looking back, like I'm glad I was that way because it allowed me to perform and like just I still in that way in some aspects. Um but I also understand like what it means to be really humble and how it feels to like be knocked down and have to build yourself back up so you know I just I just see things a lot in a different in a different set of goggles I guess since your time in Turkey do you feel like you've been you are a professional do you feel like you have a leg up and you're bringing a little extra bit of professionalism above some of the other draft prospects tonight to Chicago well I mean I don't know if it's like a leg up because have we all been given that equal opportunity? I feel like, whatever. But I do understand that there's going to be more expected of me coming in. Like, I'm not going to be getting treated like all the other rookies might might be getting treated. And nor will my coach expect certain rookie behaviors of me, I guess, coming in because I have had this pro experience. But, I mean, it still is my rookie season in the W. Um, I still have a lot to learn, and, and I know that – Chicago and Coach Stocks are going to help me help me do that. You talk very highly of Allie Quigley and Courtney Vandersloot and uh, Stephanie Dolson, just to name a few on that team. How excited are you to get into the mix and just start putting what you can offer offensively and defensively into that team? I I, I haven't been more excited to play for a team. Um, I see the pieces, uh, and I think that's what Chicago sees me like they see me coming in and making an impact immediately. They say they see me fitting in with those girls and us complimenting each other on the floor. And I hope they're as excited to have me there as I am to to to, to be there. And you're coming with Gabby Williams, which right. is you know exciting. She's right. one of the greatest players out of Coach Ariyama's program and all that time that he's had. You right. know what? How excited are you? Do you have a friendship already? How have you clicked? Yeah, Gabby and I, we're cool. Like, before we even knew that we could possibly be teammates, we were, like, hanging out, laughing, kicking it last night. Like, just enjoying each other's company. Gabby's a super nice girl. She's a super cool girl. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to getting to work with her and build a friendship with her. So it should be it should be a lot of fun. And last question. Other than the gym and the facility, of course, where's your first stop in Chicago? I, I hate to sound cliche, but I really want to just go to a baseball game. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get to see my brother play. Uh, I grew up around the game of baseball, and that's just, like, the most common thing to me is just be at the ballpark watching baseball. So mm -hmm. that's that's really what I want to do as soon as I get there. Cubs, of course. No White Sox, right? Absolutely. Cubs. <laughs> Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. But I'm not opposed to the White Sox. You know. Just I like good baseball.
Diamond is also not going back to Chicago by herself. She will be joining Gabby Williams of the University of Connecticut. They were both drafted three and four respectively to the Chicago Sky, which are two awesome, great offensive pieces for um, the Chicago Sky and Coach Stocks. Um, I really think what's important to note about Gabby that everyone talks about is she's super athletic and she is. Um, that helps so much when it comes to rebounding, scoring, hustle plays, everything that Chicago really needs. I can tell they're both excited to add and complement to what they already have um, up there in the Windy City. And so there's also, I think one of the funniest parts of the draft, we talked about our best memories, but I think one of the most like kind of funniest, quirky parts of the draft was we were walking from the third floor to the second floor. And I was like, you know, just minding my business, moseying on down. And I see this guy walk past me with two nose piercings and dreads and like four or five chains on. And I'm like, is that Alvin Kamara? And sure enough, it was reigning NFL Offensive Player of the Year and New Orleans Saints running back Al Alvin Kamara. So he was there to support Diamond the Shields. Apparently they went to high school together um, and have had a really good friendship since, you know, their time when they were teenagers. Um, and so he came to New York to support her. And I caught up with him, talked to him a little bit about watching the WNBA and um, supporting Diamond from day one. So I wasn't expecting to see you here tonight at the WNBA draft, but you came as a part of Diamond to Shields camp. Tell me about you guys' relationship, you know, family situation. How was that? That's my girl, man. You know, me and Diamond known each other for a long time. So just being able to be here and support her, I mean, it means everything. You know, I'm excited for her. So before this, how many WNB games did you watch? Were you a fan of the game? I mean, I know you always support her. Yeah, I always support her, so I had to watch, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew this was coming. But, you know, I'm going to be at a lot more, be watching a lot more. And just, you know, I'm excited. Clearly, okay, of course you're very talented in the NFL, but you really made headlines by having your own personal style. What advice would you give to some of these ladies tonight about going into the next level and adopting a personal style that sets them apart? Man, just be them. You don't even got to adopt the style. Just continue to be the person you were that, that got you to the point where you are now. You know, uh, don't be afraid to, to, to be bold. Don't be afraid to, you know, think outside the box, step outside the box. And just, you know, keep, keep, keep doing what God puts you on this earth to do. And that's, you know, be ballers. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Alvin Kamara and another couple of women who actually were there supporting the draftees were current members of the WNBA, including Cappy Pondexter, who recently signed uh, to the Los Angeles Sparks. So I had the opportunity to talk with Cappy not too long ago, and she shared with me that her goal in LA is to win a championship. And if she does win the championship, she's retiring after this year. So Princess talked to her uh, at the draft and you know, kind of asked her to expound on that, talk to her a little bit about that and focusing on her last, what could be her last season in LA. And they also talked about uh, just advice that she would have for ladies coming into the league and talked about some of the highlights in her career, as well as, you know, give her a little bit of props on what she was wearing because she looked very, very nice, very fly as usual, very New York. So just, you know, dive a little bit about her personal style. So check out Princesses convo with the one and only Cappy Pondexter. Of course, I have to start with the scoop that you gave my co-host Lorraine about this being your final year, but you want to go out with a chip. How was all that coming together and finishing off your career on a high note? Um, the only thing that I'm really focused about, focused on right now, is just myself. Um, I'm making sure that I'm in the best shape that I possibly can be in, and every day, just giving it all that I have. You know, when you know when 
when, when I'm on a court, you know, training by myself because, you know, those hours are the tough hours, you know, when, when nobody's watching or you're not around your team. So I'm just giving as much of myself that I can um, to, to the game. And then, you know, I know it'll come back to me tenfold. So I'm excited to be in L.A. Um, I got to spend a weekend with Elena Beard. Um, so... I'm happy, you know, to be on, on her side. I can she's see guarded. it all in your face. You are very happy. I can see she, it all in your face. A, a lot of pressure is off my shoulders. You know, I got a lot of great players around me now. So um, I'm excited, you know, and just hopefully we go out and uh, win this championship and then that'll be it for me. Yeah. Let's do a flashback to 2006 when you were all in this mix right here coming out of Rutgers. I know you were very excited to start on your new venture. What are some advice you can give to the ladies as they are crossing over into the league and to a new level and what to expect? Uh, you know, we did a panel with the young ladies uh, yesterday and we just basically told them, you know, you, you're your own brand now. You have to represent yourself uh, and you have to do it to the utmost um, professional level as possible because, you know, your first impression is always the last impression that somebody will have of you. And if you leave that great impression in the WNBA, then you'll get a job overseas easily. You know what I mean? So it's just all about the way you brand yourself, the way you carry yourself. And just make sure that, you know, you have the right people around you, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of exposure now to these young ladies. So you're going to have a lot of people that are just trying to be in a circle just because. And, you know, you'll learn later that those are not the people that you want in your life. So that's probably the biggest advice that I can give them moving forward. And your mentorship as a veteran is so important. So just looking back over your career, if you really want to go out this year, what is one of the biggest highlights in your time in the WNBA? We just got to know. The biggest highlights? I mean, I have so many, but to up to date, it would probably be the Olympic gold medal that I won in 2008. Um, it was a great experience just being around just top elite athletes for a whole month on um, both sides, the men and the women, and just being around that energy, you know, it just it feels good always, you know, and uh, that was probably my best memory to date for sure. Uh, so I'm going to turn into an entertainment reporter for a second. Who are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing, oh, I am very Zara basic collection of 2000 and probably 16, 17. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I came really basic today. Um, leather jacket for New York. You know, I got my booties on for New York. Just real simple. You know, it's not my night. And I'm here just to support the young ladies and know that they have my support. And I'm here for them all season, no matter no matter what. Because I think we tend to forget that, you know, because we compete so much that, you know, we're still a family at the end of the day. So. Uh, I think the funniest part of that interview was the fact that Cappy kept saying, like, it's not my night. It's not my night. Like, what she had on was, like, a chill fit. Like, she had on, like, four or five chains, her red lip. Right. Her, her like she said, her Zara all black suit. Like, she looked phenomenal. I mean, I didn't expect anything. Really didn't expect anything less. But let me tell you who else was, like, sharp. Her teammate, a fellow member of the Sparks, and defensive player of the year, Elena Beard. Could you describe what she had on? It's like a, not a tux per se, but just like a very fitted tailored suit. So she had on this crisp black tailored. I think it was a suit. Cause it was like a nice pair of crisp tailored pants that were just above the ankle. Right. It's and like a cut, you know? Right. She had black uh, shoes on. She had on this really nice blouse it was like white and black i want to say it was white and black stripes and then she had like this nice blazer that was very fitting as well um very just clean sharp her hair she had a tapered fro but it looked like she just came from the barbershop that morning 
Um, her skin was glowing. She looked so radiant. And that's my first time ever seeing Elena Beer like cleaned up. Every time I've seen her, she's been in uniform on the court or like workout gear. So for me to see her, I was just like, yo, yes, this is how you step out. So she looked amazing. Absolutely amazing. Looking back on your time when you were drafted and then even now to where you are at the point of your career, how was that progression and what are some of the advice that you've given to the ladies about staying in the league, staying focused and just letting it all matriculate? I mean, it's been a, a long time since I've been in this position. I, I was just joking with a couple of friends that I vaguely remember um, parts of, of, my, of my draft, but I do remember the feeling and it being one of the best moments um, of my life, um, being that you finally see the fruits of all of your work. You know, this is this is what I've dreamt of a very long time, and I'm sure this is what these women's have been dream, dreaming of for a while. Um, so it's it's cool to see them in this position. But um, sort of the the advice that I've given them is just to enjoy it. And it's it's cliche because you can tell someone to enjoy it, but if they don't really understand how to, it's kind of null and void in that sense. But just try to enjoy this moment because it won't happen again. Um, and secondly, come into the league, have an understanding of who you are, but at the same time, be willing to listen because you do your best and you learn the most when you're just willing to listen. And um, I think that's when they will eventually be at their best. So. And I know you said you vaguely remember the draft, but let's take it back a step further to your days in Durham. And so with your connection with Duke and Lexi Brown, how have you been able to, you know, mentor her, you guys both under Coach P, and then just, you know, having that Blue Devil connection, how have you been able to impart that into her? I mean, anytime that you're, you know, you're, you're a part of Duke, you're a part of Duke for life. Um, but I, I must admit that I, I haven't been around, you know, very often. I played for a different coach in Gail Guesting course. Um, so it's, it's a completely different um, um, environment back there, but I'm extremely happy for her. And I, I said it once before, like for her to be able to break the single, se single season steals record, it's a true testament to who she is um, as, a, as, an as an individual and her consistency and willingness to work hard um, every single day. Um, but like I said, I'm extremely happy for her, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime moment, and hopefully she can enjoy it. So we're about to dive back into the draftees. But before we do, I just want to give a shout out to a few great people. So we have our homegirl, Shaina. She has this amazing group that we're a part of, Minorities in Sports. And there's a subdivision called MIS Next, uh, which is catered towards college students or recent grads who are trying to get their foot in the sports industry. So they have a chapter that they just opened. Uh, they just started at the University of Missouri. and this past week, so the week of the draft, the group of kids from that college came to New York and basically got to go to different, a uh, tour different places such as IMG. They went to the NBA offices. They got to meet people and Shaina put together some panels uh, for the students to basically engage and learn from different people in the sports industry. And that group also attended the WNBA draft. So we had two interns, Tatiana and Ashley assigned to us. And they basically followed us for the majority of the night and got to get some experience that we all agree we wish we would have gotten in college because we would have been so much further along in our careers. Um, so Ashley is a broadcast major, a broadcasting major. She wants to do broadcast journalism. So we kind of threw her into the pit. And we said, all right, you want to get your feet wet? Here's a perfect time to get your feet wet. So the next few interviews were conducted by Ashley, which I think she did an amazing job. So the first one that she did is with Jordan Canada, who got drafted to the Seattle Storm. 
So in this interview, you're going to hear Ashley talk to her about what she's looking about, you know, congratulating her on getting drafted as well as what she's looking forward to learning uh, alongside Jewel Lloyd, as well as learning under the leadership of Sue Bird in Seattle. Congratulations. Thank you. How do you feel tonight being the newest member of Seattle? Um, I feel great. You know, I'm excited to learn from Sue Bird and play with Stewie and Jewel Lloyd. It's just an awesome feeling. So, yeah. so you are a leader at UCLA. How do you feel that your game is going to translate as well as um, on the court and off the court, as well as learning from Sue Bird? What are you looking forward for, to most? I'm just learning from her, honestly, and, and taking my strengths and, and her knowledge and trying to find the perfect fit of how I can adjust in the WNBA. I think that's something I'm looking forward to. Ashley did an awesome job with that interview. I think she was just getting started out. She was a freshman in college. Um, and as you guys can hear, she has a really good talent that she's just going to expound on um, and build on as she continues to go through college. Also, shout out to Tatiana, who came with me when I kind of ducked off and hung out with Diamond for about an hour, she got to also hear the first conversation between um, head coach Stocks of the Chicago Sky um, and Diamond DeShields and also was there with me and helped me with the interview. Um, they were very well prepared with their research. They were so awesome. So shout out to those ladies. They did a great job. Um, Jordan Canada, I'm really excited to see her grow through the league. She was picked at number five. Um, of course, like we said, going to Seattle. Unfortunately, we didn't get interviews with everyone there, so we might have to skip a few spots. Um, and we're jumping down to Victoria Vivians of Mississippi State. Um, she was there in like an awesome sequin ensemble, looking like a mermaid. Her head Vivians came dressed, honey. Yeah, she looked great. Her, her and her mama came dressed. You hear me? <laughs> her mom looked just as good. <laughs> And um, her head coach, Vic Schaefer, was there, of course, donning his rings, his final four rings, um, you know, definitely there to support his uh, leader as she phases out of college basketball and is now um, looking to add to the Fever's already awesome draft squad with, of course, Stephanie Mavunga and Kelsey Mitchell. So hear from her next. How do you feel now being the newest member of the Indiana Fever? I mean, I feel amazing. You know, me and Kelsey going at the same time, and we already have great players, so I feel like it's going to be great. Yeah. So you are such a leader um, on Mississippi State. How do you feel that your game is going to translate to the pro game in the WNBA? Um, just keep doing what I'm doing, but getting better, you know, uh, trying to focus on what I need to get better in and just trying to help my team weigh in possible. Hit my team any way possible, any way possible that I can. Is there anything you're looking forward to in specific as far as the WNBA goes and who you're going to be playing with? Any teammate you're looking forward to getting any uh, knowledge from? Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with all, them, all the vets, you know, just getting um, as much knowledge as I can and the coaches as well. So I'm just looking forward to the whole experience. And the final interview that you're going to be hearing from our intern for the day, Ashley, is with Lexi Brown, who is drafted number nine to the Connecticut Sun. Lexi Brown is also making history by being the first daughter of a former WNBA coach to be drafted in the league's history so far. Her father, D. Brown, uh, is a former NBA player, and he coached the now-defunct Orlando Miracle and the San Antonio Civil Stars in the 2000s. So her father obviously was on, you know, there attending and he was super, super proud of her and got to do some interviews with other networks and other media publications there talking about her and everything that he's instilled in her, everything that he's taught her. But Ashley got a chance to talk to Miss Lexi herself. So check out their conversation. I'm so excited. Um, you know, really elated as well. I mean, waiting out there is awful, nerve wracking. 
Um, but this is my dream, you know, something I've been wanting to have happen to me since I've been a little kid, so this is amazing. So it's been mentioned that you are the first WNBA player with an NBA father. How do you feel about that? Oh, no, it's awesome. Um, you know, like I said, basketball runs deep in my DNA. I'm going to be able to have have our, li our lives intersect like this and all of it come full circle is really special for my dad and I. How do you feel playing with such a wonderful player such as Chanel Gumake? Oh, I can't wait. I mean, their team is stacked. They're loaded. Um, I think they're like really on the cusp of becoming one of the best teams in the league. Um, so the fact that I can be a part of that is super exciting. Okay, and last question. How do you think your game is going to translate to the WNBA? Um, I think it's going to translate well. I think it might take a little bit of time. Um, I'm really willing to learn and I'm a fast learner. I'm an eager learner. Um, so, of course, I'm going to bring my defense um, and then my basketball IQ, but I'm just really excited to absorb as much as possible. I don't know if you all saw on social media, the WNBA did this really cool segment where they had the uh, draftees um, watch videos of, you know, their favorite NBA players, former teammates. Um, and of course, Dee Brown was there at the draft, but they also had Lexi Brown watch a video from her dad. And he was talking about how far they've come from her days playing AAU, probably a little girl who could barely hold the ball, um, but with such a passion for basketball, um, named some of her AAU programs, her former schools, and she was getting very teary-eyed and just very emotional. Um, I think about their relationship. There's nothing like a daddy-daughter relationship, you know, um, mm -hmm. especially when they're that involved in your life and are there to see you make history, do awesome, and just cheer you on. So that was really good um, and really one of the most inspiring parts of the night. Now, the next interview that we have is with the number 10 pick, Kia Nurse, who got drafted to the New York Liberty. Kia Nurse, as you know, is a senior from UConn, and she has been one of the top players out the program and one of the most exciting uh, picks, I think, that New York has. And just overall, that was drafted this season. So, I um, got a chance to talk to Miss Kia. I talked to her just about her time over in UConn, her expectations and what she's going to bring to New York, and just talked to her about her time in New York and how she spent it over the last couple of days leading up to the draft with her family and her friends. Have you done your homework about, about New York a little bit? And if so, what do you think you can bring to the table or add on to the existing roster? A little bit of homework. I've seen them play quite a few times uh, just over the summers watching uh, Kia Stokes and my former teammates. Um, and I obviously think for, for me, I can try to come in, soak in everything I can from the bets, but hopefully be uh, a, a role player in the sense of maybe knock down a couple threes, uh, play some good defense, uh, and try and be a tough opponent offensively. Speaking of UConn alum, so I saw that Tina Charles was there supporting you. Always a huge UConn following whenever you guys have games. Have you connected to any former players um, that are currently in the WNBA? What have they, and if you have, what have they told you about the transitioning into the pro level? Uh, the most connections that we've had right now, most of them are just about have a great time tonight, enjoy it, soak in every moment. Um, and I think that that's the best part about it right now. And if you ever need them, ever need a phone call, everyone will answer. And that's a big part of the UConn family. And I think that's something that's really special about it. And how do you feel about having the draft here in Nike headquarters? So this building is kind of pretty new, right? <laughs> Right? Um, being in New York City, getting just like the all-star treatment with hair, makeup, taking the city. I saw you guys went 
to dinner with uh, President Borders yesterday. What was the whole experience of being in New York City like for the past few days? It's been incredible. Um, there's so many fun things to do in this city, and I've been here a few times, and every time I come back, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't do that, I didn't do this. You can um, be here. You, being here a year, you still years, won't be able to like, do it. That's stuff that I haven't done, and I'm a native Now I have here. a chance at it, though, at least. <laughs> oh, hold on. At least. Um, but obviously, I, I love it here. I think it was so much fun to get to know some of the girls that are no longer on your scouting report, and you get yeah. to know them as people <laughs> and their personalities. Um, so it's been a really, really fun time. All right. And of course, Kia Nurse was a part of the trio. I feel like every year you kind of have the trio of girls that enter the draft, but it's neither here nor there. She was a machine being run in UConn. They got something. They got like a factory there where they just like pump out these WNBA players. Cause it's crazy. They need to start pumping out some championships again. Ooh, shade. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kia was uh, drafted to. Of course, the New York Liberty, Azaree Stevens, who was a late transfer to the program before declaring for the draft, was picked number six to the Dallas Wings. And of course, Gabby Williams, as we mentioned earlier, is going to be Chicago Scott. Congratulations to those three ladies. It's awesome when you have someone that you're familiar with to go into the next level with you. Mm -hmm. And speaking of having someone with you to go to the next level, we caught up with Monique Billings, who was going through the draft process, um, of course, with her former teammate um, from UCLA, who was Jordan Canada. So she talks a little bit about that with me, about how it was having her teammate there, who's a lot like her sister, how they got prepared together for the draft, and how they're looking forward to taking over at the next level. You know, everyone was telling me about yesterday and throughout the, uh, the week here that you've been getting a lot of information from the league and from the players. Like, how is all that coming together to prepare you for tonight? Really just honored to be here, really grateful and just blessed for the opportunity. I'm trying to take it all in. It feels like it's going by so fast. And I feel like the whole day I've been like dreaming, like walking on clouds. But I'm really excited and excited to see where I go. Yes. And then you have your teammate Jordan Canada here with you. How was your relationship and going through this whole process and having someone that you know there to be able to support you? How's that been? It's been so easy, I would say, going through this process like with my sister, basically. Having someone I know, we got ready together today and it's just made everything be so much smoother and it's been nice well you look gorgeous tonight and I saw on someone's Instagram that you're an inspiring model when did that dream start for you well thank you and people would come up to me all the time when I was younger and be like oh my gosh you should model you should model and so I kind of just got into it and never looked back even though that interview was short and sweet it was good to hear her talk about playing with Jordan Canada as well as uh, being a model which I think is really interesting I never knew that about her so can't wait to see how that career flourishes alongside her WNB career. What do you think? I think she's what, like six five, very slim. She's a gorgeous girl. Um, I think it fits her. You know, you just have to have the personality to model. I think the misconceptions about models is that you just have to be like in front of the camera and just take a picture, but it really is a skill that goes with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so she definitely has the look and if she can develop the skill, I bet she'll have an awesome career. So we're winding down on the interviews that we've had uh, on the draft on draft night, but we have a few more that are really, really special. And one we had was with Atlanta Dreams, Elizabeth Williams. Elizabeth actually recently signed a contract extension with Atlanta. So she's going to be there a little bit while long, a little while longer. Elizabeth also talked about being a proud mentor to the WNBA talent that's coming in. And one of the people that she's been mentoring is Lexi Brown. Both of them attended Duke. So she talked about seeing Lexi mature over time and just some of the things that she's shared with her to help prepare for her career. 
Elizabeth, how great is it to be able to support this new wave of WNBA talent coming in? I mean, you're sort of a representative, you're a player, you're awesome, but you're here kind of as like support for them. Like they can see where, you know, where it all starts and then where it can go. So how big is that to be a support factor for them? It feels great. I mean, the W, I've, I've grown up watching it and to be a part of it and to give back as a player, it's huge. So it's an exciting time for the draftees. I remember the feeling. So it's actually really cool to be able to come back. And what are you most excited about Atlanta getting in terms of pieces, things that can help you, you know, sustain through the season. You guys have a very fast offense. Who do you think would be a really good fit to come in and support you guys? Ooh, I don't know, because we're down at 15-16. I don't know actually who's going to be available um, on the draft board, but um, obviously, like, post support is good. We have a solid guard group, and in free agency, we got a lot of good pieces, so it's kind of, I mean, honestly, just picking the best available since we don't have any first-round picks this year. And Lexi's here, a fellow Duke alum, along with you. Um, what kind of support do you give her as a mentorship in that Blue Devil family or even, you know, talking with Coach Pete about her development? How has that relationship been? I mean, Lexi's been great on and off the court. I've been able to just see her mature and grow. And she asked some really good questions yesterday just about the league and, and like, what we stand for and, you know, the union, like, all those types of things that are important as you transition from college to pro-life. So I think she's going to have a great career. Um, I mean, defensively, she's amazing. Offensively, she can do it all. So I think she's going to be solid. I really enjoyed talking with Elizabeth um, because I love to see how active she is in the league. Um she, I feel like every event where there is some sort of, you know, WNBA representation needed, like a player to come, you know, and and really have that support, she's always there, which is awesome. You know, you want someone who is, you know, proud of the league. She said she grew up watching it. You want someone who's proud to be in that league and who's proud to represent it. She has such a great career so far in Atlanta. Like you said, she's going to be there for a good amount of time um, in the future as well. Um, so that is almost almost all the interviews that we covered um, at the WNBA draft. I hope that gave you guys a good synopsis of pretty much everything that went on, the mindset of a lot of the players and the draft prospects, and what's to come in this upcoming year. This last interview is the cherry on top for me because this woman was everything when I was growing up. So when I saw her ducked off in the corner, I was like... Is that Tina Thompson? <laughs> sure enough, it was Tina Thompson. She was so excited the minute she saw Tina in the corner. She would not get her eyes off this woman. She said, I'm going to talk to her. And she I, I was, but she was talking to someone else. And, you know, I just was like, you know me, I'm like a little meek, trying to be humble, sliding in or whatever. Um, and then I realized the person she was talking to was just a fan, just another person who wanted to I pick her brain about being in the league. And I was like, oh, bet. So I slid in there got this amazing interview. Um, I loved talking to her. You can definitely hear her Southern California speak in the way that she talks. I asked her about her signature red lip, um, her impact on the WNBA, and how a lot of the other women are going to be able to make impacts themselves coming up in their upcoming careers. Mm -hmm. So guys, please listen and enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed standing in front of Hall of Famer, Houston Comets legend, WNBA legend, Tina Thompson, everybody. Tina Thompson. <laughs> so I'm here with Tina Thompson, WNBA legend and Hall of Famer. Congratulations Thank to you. you. How was it when you got that call that you would be immortalized in, you know, the basketball greats? 
I was overwhelmed, to be honest. I mean, I kept on uh, thanking John who called and I was just like, this is unbelievable because it's not something, I don't think that there's one Hall of Famer that would actually say that this is what they dreamed of or it was one of those things that you write down and you say that this is what you want. You know, it's just kind of a culmination like of a career and just kind of like hard work, but you never know. So then when you get the call, there's the initial excitement but then there's the reality that you know all of the best players you know the ones that I admire that I grew up watching are housed in the Naismith Hall of Fame so that then is like oh my goodness I cannot (laughs) believe this like so I'm still just kind of like adjusting to the news and the emotions of it all but I'm so honored and I'm so grateful it's the best news ever I can only imagine have you gotten fitted for the ring yet I did. I um, Well, we got announced. Um, a few of us went to the men's Final Four in San Antonio a couple weeks ago or about a week ago. And we went through the fitting of the jacket and the rings and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it was totally surreal. That's awesome. And so going back to your playing career, your style was basically by your signature red lip that you're wearing right now. What advice would you give to these ladies on creating their own signature style at the next level? Well, I would honestly say just to be yourself. Like, we all have, like, a unique unique thing about, like, who we are or whatever. And I just say that never afraid to be, you know, who you are. Like, wearing lipstick and just kind of, I guess, being girly or whatever is just, it's who I am. You know, like, there's several sides, I guess, of Tina Thompson, like, in a sense. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm very competitive and basketball player, but I still love, like, fashion and all those kind of things. So, I mean, it was just a culmination of just, like, my personality. And I just say, like, don't lose that. Like, we are all different and unique for whatever reasons God decided to bless us in that way. And I just say be that. Yes, awesome. And I also follow you on Instagram. So when is your cookbook coming out? Because, I'm working um, on it, honestly. Yes. I'm totally working on it. I mean, my friends have been telling me for years because I just cook because I like to eat, not because <laughs> I just love cooking or anything like that. But, you know, I love just kind of like making and experimenting with things that I like love. But I am. I'm actually working on it. I've started, you know, now that I'm cooking, I will like actually measure because I'm one of those cooks that doesn't measure. Doesn't I learned how to cook from my grandmother and from my dad, and they were one of those like couple shakes you know you'll know like when it's right exactly and that's how basically I learned to cook so a lot of things I make like from scratch but not necessarily like with actual like measurements and stuff like that so I'm doing that now so when I cook something that I haven't like cooked yet and I haven't written down like the recipe or whatever I'm actually trying to like measure so that I can write it and kind of like cookbook form so I am working on it and you're definitely multi-talented so in your coaching career now at the University of Texas. What has been the culture there down with their women's basketball program? I mean, you have so many talented ladies, even some as draft prospects now. What has been the culture that you guys have been instilling in just creating that Longhorn culture down in Texas? Well, it starts with work ethic. I mean, that's really important. I mean, we have a hardworking staff, so it's something that we instill in our players. And we've been very blessed, you know, to draft kids and to have kids that um, are hardworking, like, by nature, you know, and that they want to be the best players that they can be. So it's not hard to kind of get them to work, so that is great. And then, you know, we just want to have like an honest kind of like family environment like in a sense and that you know when you're in a great environment where you're around people that you trust you will work 
for one another, you know what I mean? And it's, if any one of us has a small victory, then it's a victory for all of us. So it, it is a great environment. We have amazing kids. Like I'm so proud of them all. And Ariel and Brooke are prospects. So I'm looking forward to, you know, them having very special professional careers because they were great in college. Not for nothing, Princess. That was a dope interview. I'm proud of you. That was dope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I was like shaking, but it was awesome. I have pics to prove it because, you know, pics or it didn't happen. I have pictures of me and my little cracked iPhone all up in Tina Thompson's face. It was amazing. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did because I, that's one memory that I will never, ever, ever forget. Mm. And we have so much more memories that we'll never forget. Kudos once again to the WNBA for putting on an amazing event with the WNBA draft. I cannot wait for the seasons to start. We are a few, we're about a little over a month away from the start of the WNBA season, which starts on May 20th. I am so excited. Finally, it feels good to get back to work. It feels yeah. so good. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, there's so much to cover. There is, as always, so much talent to, you know, be exposed to this upcoming season. One of the greatest players in the WNBA will be juggling her side hustle of coaching the University of Minnesota. Congratulations to Lindsay. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Awesome. I'm so happy for her. Um, And really going back to her roots, you know, she loves Minnesota as a whole. She loves her alma mater. So being able to coach there, I know, is like everything she's ever dreamed of. Congratulations to you, Lindsay. Like, that's big. Congratulations. I just think it's so awesome. And I commend the ladies who actually do coach or are involved heavily in college athletics while they are still like playing professionally. Like seeing Kara Lawson, how she still plays i don't know if she still plays now but she was still playing and doing broadcasting brie in january actually is someone else who coaches as well she coaches at asu during the off season and then she's going to come back to indiana for the regular season um kudos to you ladies i don't know how you do it and i am not, i am just simply amazed yeah it's awesome and i bet it's awesome when you get to go back and see the younger generation and really pour into them um I'm excited. I will definitely be watching more Minnesota games this year. I'm so glad that that um, deal went through for her. Thank you guys for tuning in to our WNBA Draft Day recap. We had an amazing time in New York. Um, as much as y'all know, I don't like the city of New York. I had the greatest time. <laughs> That's real funny. We were walking to the draft and we had just got out the train station by Penn Station. And we walked past one of those halal trucks. And she just like, Lo, your city stinks. And I'm just like, <laughs> what do you want me to do or say? I'm sorry. 8.5 million people. I'm sorry. She also talks about how the smell of lamb gets stuck in her wig. Okay, don't try to act like that was just me. It, it does. Listen, it does. That's why I don't walk past them hell out trucks. I just happened to do it that day because you with me, but I avoid those things like the plague. And I avoid those great uh, those crates or those grates, whatever. Oh my gosh. We are underneath. We realized we had an, a sisterhood and not walking on those grates or those little those metal sewage covers or whatever. Like 
figure out which one is not placed properly mm. and you drop down about 10 feet. I'm so, not going to. I'm not going to land on top of a subway. I am not Spider-Man. You're not going to catch me doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, New York City was amazing. Definitely an awesome host city for the WNBA draft. I felt like the draft prospects got a lot from it, too. They kept talking about how they went to panels. They visited the WNBA Players Association. They visited the headquarters for the W um, and got to really learn a lot there. So it probably is going to be um, there in the city. Not exactly sure which location, but in the city for the next few years. It sounded like they got so much out of that experience um, and really enjoyed it. Um, so I want to thank you, of course, for the hospitality that you showed me in New York. Y'all, when I was trying to leave New York City the first time, um, my bus left as I was standing right in front of it. And I tried to run down the street with my suitcase. And um, yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking. It was definitely a humbling experience. <laughs> I was mad for her. I almost chased down that bus, but. <laughs> it was nothing we could do, but I finally made it out. Thank God. Um, below, you really did take care of me and I'm so thankful. We definitely have to have more sleepovers and more fun times together. Yeah, so I want to come to D.C. It's so funny. I actually wanted to come to D.C. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come to D.C. definitely over the summer. I want to catch a game or two, but it's D.C. is my favorite city. So I don't count New York City, really, because I'm born and raised here. But I love D.C. So I definitely have to hit up my favorite place this summer. Honestly, if I could find a job in D.C., I'd move in a heartbeat. Like, no problem. Come on, we could be neighbors. We could be neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would do it in a heartbeat. I was going to say, do you have a song to pick this week? I feel like we've done this artist about four out of our 17 episodes, maybe more. Mm-hmm. But the Queen Bee really mm-hmm. grew our YouTube streams, our eyes at 2.30 this morning. Um, and I feel like it's only right that we go out to a Beyonce banger. Can we just give that whole experience just one minute before we leave? Okay, one minute. Okay, each of us get 30 seconds. Um, I just want to thank Beyonce for... You dramatic. Go ahead. <laughs> telling us for basically that performance. I saw someone tweet this. Beyonce's performance basically was a message to be unapologetically black, even in white spaces. I believe that. That uh, that just sits so well with my spirit. Every ounce of that performance, first of all, to have that many people on a set of bleachers was already, that was doing too much. And she executed it flawlessly. She <laughs> looked absolutely amazing after having three whole children, three whole people came out of her stomach. And she was ph- phenomenal. Um, just the ode to HBCU culture, to black uh, music, you know, even with the band and the different sounds that the band uh, played and the dance moves that had the majorettes, they had the step, all the stepping almost took me out because I was a stepper in high school and in college and I am a black Greek. I'm in a black sorority. So that whole performance just spoke to my spirit in so many ways. And Beyonce is just, Destiny's Child came out. I mean, I could go on for hours, but I'm not. Just, if you haven't watched it yet, find it. 
I know everybody's having this whole Beyonce versus Michael Jackson discussion. All I can say is Beyonce enchanted us from start to finish. Um, and it was free. The fact that that stream was free, YouTube didn't have one hiccup. Thank God for that. Because even Tiger slipped at that Made of America stream, Made in America stream. So I'm so thankful that YouTube came prepared um, and really graced us with the essence of all that is Beyonce. Um, if you are Beyonce fans like us and WNBA fans like us, feel free to reach out to us at any time on Twitter at the W podcast underscore on Instagram at the W podcast, email us at the W podcast at gmail.com. I am princess streeter. You can find me on Twitter at PB street or on Instagram at princess B streeter, my homegirl low. We all know where we can find you, but let them know one more time. At beyond the W on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, y'all. Thanks for taking this journey through the draft with us. We hope you really enjoyed um, any other events you'd like us to cover. Feel free to reach out to us and let us know. We'll definitely be there and we'll definitely provide you with exclusive, fun, awesome, great, extravagant content. As <laughs> <laughs> extravagant content as we always try to bring to your ears. Thanks, guys, for tuning in with us. And as always, enjoy the music. We'll talk with you next time. Bye.